Welcome to the Reboot Insider Podcast. Today's episode is a bit different as we are sharing an episode of Drinks at the Forefront of IoT. Alex Trader, the podcast host, is on a mission to uncover talent and innovation, showcasing both the why and the how behind new products and new companies. He recently interviewed our CEO, Jimmy Buffy, and we wanted to share their conversation here. So please enjoy Jimmy's conversation with Alex. Jimmy Buffy. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. I guess late afternoon for you out in LA. Is it as beautiful as it always is in LA right now? Of course, man. Of course. Never changes, never changes, does it? We just had some rain, so I'm hoping that the power stays on long enough for us to finish this. So <laughs> if it if for some reason we cut out, we'll have to reschedule. But fingers crossed it doesn't happen, yeah. man. But Jimmy, thank you so much for thank you so much for joining us. This is episode three. This is our third episode already. Congrats, man. Congrats. I, you're do, you're dude, doing it. The, the hat trick. I've now succeeded. Yeah. yeah. All expectations. I've I've exceeded anything that I hoped and dreamed of from this. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, appreciate it, man. So do me a favor and introduce yourself and mm-hmm. tell the folks out there a little bit who you are and what you do and then and what you're drinking. Yeah, I haven't even cracked it yet. And this isn't honestly like my my number one choice of beer. It's really just what we have in the fridge. Yeah, it's a Bear Republic Hazy IPA. I'm actually Are you a hazy much, guy? Actually not really. Oh wow. All right. <laughs> I, so it's, it's, I great. Am, it's a great beer for the show. Good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I actually love dark beers. Like stouts porters dark lagers but my girlfriend likes hazy ipas and so that's why the hazy ipa was in the fridge so well your girlfriend's got good taste man because i can't get enough (laughs) of the hazy ipas i actually had to stop over the pandemic because they they only sell them in 16 ounce cans now and and they're hazy and they're sweet and filled with delicious sugar and whatnot and so (laughs) like i was packing on the pounds and had to had to tone it down a little bit but, but yeah, good taste for your girlfriend. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So- I'm dabbling a little bit with the, some scotch, lighthearted okay. scotch here. This is a, <laughs> nice. this is some pretty peaty stuff. So Lafroy 10 year, nice amber color, got a lot of smoke and whatnot, but it's, it's one of my favorites. So yeah, I, I man, I, I have want to get into like scotch and whiskey like that. Just, I can't, I just like beer too much. But I feel like in order to be a sophisticated person, I should like scotch or whiskey. No, no, you don't have to be sophisticated to like it. Have you dabbled? Have you dabbled in scotch or whiskey? Yeah, like like a good friend of mine from Chicago, he really likes scotch. And every now and again, we would share a glass and make a little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do you have the same reaction to like bourbon? Yeah, the only one that I... Yeah, the only one that, the only like whiskey that is I think is, I wouldn't even say it's good, but it's drinkable, <laughs> is Irish whiskey. So oh, if someone, so if someone's dude, like, this is an occasion for whiskey, I'd be like, all right, do you have Irish whiskey? <laughs> okay, okay. And is it, do you stick with standard like Jameson or? Yeah, like I, I'm much more of a beer guy. I hear you, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I, I drink them all. So yeah. it's, I'm good with anything, go. it's, whatever's available, man. I'm, I'm yeah, good. there you go. We'll make it. That's awesome, man. Jimmy, give us a little bit of background. Who are you? Why are you on mm-hmm. the show? <laughs> what, what, what have Why you got going on? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's see. I'll give sort of the Cliff's Notes version, but yeah, we can obviously dive in as much as you want. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with, let's start with who you are now. 
talk mm-hmm. about, and then eventually what I want to do is I want to understand a little bit of your past, a lot of your past. Like I want to go, <laughs> I want to go back. I want to go way back to when it all began for you and what kind of brought you into this world yeah. of heavily into analytics. Mm-hmm. There's some IOT components with what you, yeah. but I want to go all the way back, but let's start with reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I am running a company called Reboot Motion. I have a business partner, my buddy, Evan Demchik, and then we have a head of engineering, Bob Khaleesi, both really good friends of mine. And it's it's interesting, like starting the company, you hear all these things, be careful about going into business with friends. But at the same time, one of the things that was really important to me was trust. And there's no one in the world I trust more than Bob and Evan. And so even though like, Sometimes you, know, you worry about the friendship and the business stuff getting in the way. But on the flip side, like I love sharing accomplishments with them. I love sharing experiences with them. And then the trust that we have, we take bullets for each other. Yeah. So I don't know. So anyways, so running uh, running Reboot Motion with Bob and Evan, our company is a essentially a motion analysis company. Our whole ethos is helping coaches get actionable uh, takeaways from motion capture data. Really like the, the sort of the, uh, the hypothesis, the wave that we're trying to ride is that motion capture data, like you'd get in the past from a marker-based system, now from a marker-less system is gonna be more and more accessible to more and more people. There's already a bunch of apps that are doing it. So you do it with sensors. There are a lot of sensor systems that do it, but the data is really hard to make sense of. And I spent a long time learning how to make sense of it. So we're trying to build a whole software system surrounding helping people get actionable information out of motion capture data. Yeah, dude, that's intense. And everybody says data is the new oil. That's that's like a buzz term, a buzz yeah. topic that's out there. So what got you started in all this? Like, what's the beginning? First off, where are you from originally? And then what, how did you even get into this to this world of biometrics and technology? Yeah, let's see. It starts way back. You said you wanted to go back. <laughs> let's go back, man. Time, we're time traveling right now. Yeah. Growing up, I always loved sports. And I also was always like good at math and science. I liked math and science. So even when I was a kid, I played a ton of sports. I played a ton of baseball. But even as a kid, I would read books. I, th- I can't remember the name, but it was something like The Science of Pitching. And uh, I read this when I was like 12. I was like learning how to, or trying to teach myself how to throw harder because I've always been shorter than average. <laughs> I'm still shorter than average. So you can't small, tell by the screen though. I mean, yeah, you look, you look yeah, huge. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're trying to keep up with the bigger kids. Reading this book, The Science of Pitching, trying to learn how to use math and science to throw harder. For people, this might put my age very specifically, but there was something called an air alert, which was like this basketball jump training system I did in high school. I played point guard for the high school basketball team. And I was like, I need to be able to jump higher if I'm going to be shorter than everybody. So anyways, I would do all this stuff. So that's the beginning of getting combining math and science and sports. And what's, I think, an interesting coincidence is that book that I was talking about was written by Tom House. And Tom House just launched an app. I'm not going to say the name because they're competitors. <laughs> but essentially, Tom House launched an app that is probably going to be directly competing with a lot of things that we do. So, you know, when I was a 12 year old, Tom House was inspiring me. And now it's 20 20 some odd years later and we're competing, which is cool, which is crazy. But yeah, so there's like the origins, but still I didn't know that sports and biomechanics, you could combine them into a career. So I did a few different things first. Some undergraduate degree was I ended up going because math and science 
ended up going to undergrad for a mechanical and aerospace engineering degree at Notre Dame. And it was cool that Notre Dame combines those two programs, mechanical and aerospace, for most of the, your, your track. Because I liked both of them. I liked the yeah. aerospace part and the mechanical part. And also, little did I know at the time, but learning like aerospace engineering is also really applicable to sports. Sports is all projectiles flying through the air. So wow. you know, the, fir the first thing that I did when I got to the Dodgers was start analyzing the flight of pitch base. Yeah, little did I know. But anyway, so started mechanical engineering, aerospace engineering. I had an internship at GE Aviation in Lynn, Massachusetts, working on like airplane engines. And that was cool, but I realized it wasn't like my passion. So it was that internship that actually convinced me not to do that stuff. So I was like, well, what's another thing I can do? That's when I discovered doing biomechanics in general. And like my senior year of college, I was working with a professor studying like the strength of bones. So I'm, oh man, were these human bones? I think these might've been, it was. I think it's safe to say you jumped around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think these were cadavers that were donated to research. And my job was to like cut these little bones and like measure, measure how strong they are and like try to break them. So it was like wow. measuring the strength of bones. So that was like my intro into like biomechanics once I decided aerospace engineering wasn't for me. Then I decided to get a PhD in biomechanics. And the big reason for this was I wanted, I really wanted to be able to do stuff independently. Like one of the things that kind of annoyed me at GE was I always had to do like what my manager told me <laughs> even if I didn't want to. But the nice thing about a PA, and I was always like really curious and into learning. So I was like, oh, with a PhD, I can run a lab where yeah, I decide. I want to be the boss. Yeah. Like, I decide what we're going to research. I decide the questions. I, at the time, I didn't know that's also a CEO. But actually, that's right now as a CEO, I'm definitely not a dictator. <laughs> I don't know if that made me sound like a dictator, but it's definitely not the way. Hard to be a dictator people. when you're with friends. They're going to yeah, tell exactly. you, they you quit screwing off. They'll <laughs> set you, they'll humble you pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. They are not afraid <laughs> to tell me when I'm wrong. But yeah, so that led into deciding to get a PhD in biomechanics. Is this too deep or do you want me to keep no, this? This up? is perfect. Yeah. No, it's background yeah. because I think that we're yeah. people are curious about yeah. somebody like you, right? Like you've gone yeah. through you, you yeah. like a PhD, like that's not a small task to accomplish. Yeah. So you accomplished the PhD and then you worked for some incredible organizations. You worked with the Dodgers, like yeah. that's incredible. And then you were like, all right, I'm done with the Dodgers and now I want to do my own thing. And like, like yeah. this all leads up and builds yeah. up to what made that happen. So no. Perfect amount. Keep going. Yeah. All right. And also, I think this is just something like I've never been afraid to say, I feel for some people, they start on a career track and they feel like they have sunk cost and like, oh, I'm already down this path. I can't change. I can't change. Yeah. But for me, I'm always like, this is like the rest of my life. I'm definitely going to change. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, yeah, you know, we got we to gotta switch this up a little bit. Yeah, like mechanical engineering, just straight mechanical engineering, like that wasn't for me. And then yeah. that even happened. That even happened again. So when I so, started, so let me let me ask yeah. you that then, and and then yeah. I want to I want to hear this next part. Like how long? Like how deep were you into the mechanical engineering before you made the swap? What was the investment personally for you on that side? Yeah, so it was that was my undergraduate degree. So it was like three <laughs> so years. Four, yeah, three, it was three, three years. years of, yeah. It was three years of an undergraduate degree. And then it was my senior year when I realized I was going to transition. So I finished my undergraduate degree in mechanical and aerospace, but at the same time to help 
aid that transition, that's when I did that bone research. So I was gotcha. like, I need to start getting into biomechanics to make me attracted to a biomechanics PhD program. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fascinating. You're you're in. <laughs> Normally they say like, all right, if you're gonna switch, you're you've got your freshman year, you've got your sophomore yeah. year, like by your junior year, like, all right, like switching is is a little more difficult. Yeah, I didn't I didn't switch my major. I finished up the major. It was sure. just like it really it it made me decide that I wanted to do a PhD in something other than mechanical yeah. engineering. But like I said, just happened to be that mechanical and aerospace engineering ended up being awesome, like an awesome prerequisite to all of the sports stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. So it ended up being really useful. So I'm glad I actually have that background. Yeah. That's wild, man. All right. So you finished up that, then into the PhD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I started my PhD, I, I didn't know that sports biomechanics could be a thing. So I started in, because I really thought the human body was really interesting. I thought robotics were really interesting. I always liked watching Iron Man. So I started doing a prosthetic project. Wow. So I started researching, I started doing computer simulations of, of your forearm, of your hand to help build better prosthetic hands. So that was like the first two years of my PhD. And, and it was, I don't know, I don't know if there's a specific moment, but then I started to notice like baseball biomechanics research. And then I think I went to a conference and I saw some posters on like baseball biomechanics. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, like mechanical engineering, human body, sports. This is the thing. This is how I can put it all together. And it tied so, everything back in from your childhood of yeah, like exactly. playing baseball and reading the books and mm -hmm. all that. Did you play ball throughout your college and PhD career? Were you playing uh, ball or was it? I played baseball through my, it's funny, same, the same way where if I'm not, if I don't think like something is working, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to not do it anymore. I'm going to do something else that right. happened with me with playing baseball. So I played baseball my freshman year of high school, actually made varsity my sophomore year of high school. Uh, but then it wasn't fun anymore. And uh, so I decided to play tennis instead. <laughs> so. <laughs> So halfway through high school, I switched from playing baseball to playing tennis. It's awesome, man. So you've, you're experienced in a, in a variety of sports. Yeah. 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 Uh, very cool, man. So then how did with all that, and I'm assuming yeah. that the biomechanics and getting your PhD in that, like that led into the Dodgers, but talk about like you're in your PhD. How did the, yeah. how did getting connected with the Dodgers really come about? That was a whole thing, man. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. when I think about this whole journey, yeah. So like I said, I, I, I started doing this prosthetic hand research and sure. then I started coming across this baseball biomechanics research and that's when the light bulb went off. So this is the way it happened was like two years in, I gave uh, a presentation, like an update to my PhD committee. I spent like 45 minutes talking about prosthetic hands. And then just the last 15 minutes was like an aside on pitching biomechanics. I was like, I was like, I know this isn't my project, but this is stuff that I'm interested in. I think it's cool. Here's some ideas that I have. My PhD committee was like, Jimmy, those last 15 minutes were way better than the first 45. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had a really frank discussion where they were, it's clear that you have passion for this sports biomechanics thing. It's clear that you have some really cool ideas, but they were like, it's going to be really hard to get a job doing it. They're, yeah. they're like, it's, there's not, this was back in 
2010, maybe 2011. Such so, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, they were like, they were like, we'll let you switch, but just be aware that it could be a difficult road to getting a job. I yeah. was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. So I did. And uh, so then the path to the Dodgers. Yeah. So then those like last, those last four years or, or three years, whatever it was, as it got to the end, it was like, holy crap, what am I going to do next? So at first I was thought I was going to be a professor. I wrote a big NIH research and National Institute of Health research grant with my PhD advisor and a few other people. And the idea was to study elbow injuries in little league pitchers. And I was like, I'm going to do that as a postdoctoral fellow. And then I'll transition into being a professor and live happily ever after. Wow. <laughs> Clearly that's not what happens. The NIH didn't fund it. And like rightfully so, they were like, we care a little bit more about solving things like cancer and not necessarily solving things like elbow injuries in baseball. They're like, just don't play baseball and you won't hurt your elbow. <laughs> right. So that's, yeah, I guess that's a fair. So then it's like, okay, what is the backup plan? And it was just a whole lot of, there's just a whole, I, I thought about at the time starting a company, but yeah. at the time, the state of the art for motion capture was a marker based with all those sticky things all over the body. Oh, yeah. And I was like, if I'm going to start a company doing like pitching motion analysis, yeah. but the state of the art is markers, like no way in hell anybody is ever going to no. pay for that or at least no, pay enough to make all. it like, not at yeah. all. And the technology in this is you're talking about, is this still like 2010, 2011, or is this like 2013, 14? Yeah, that, thereabouts, that whole yeah. three year Well, I mean, regardless, like the technology in motion capture from yeah. 2013, 14 to now 2020, has like leaps and bounds yeah. along with every other technology. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So at the time I was actually friends with Evan. Like we met when I was getting my PhD and we, we had talked about starting this company back. Yeah. This company would, is going to suck. <laughs> so, so we're like, if, if it's based on marker, if we have to use marker based motion capture, it's suck. Like we're not right. going to be able to scale it. Everyone's going to hate it. So it was like, what's, but we explored that. Like I've got some paperwork. I don't know. But then meanwhile, though, I had also put myself out there on social media and in the world. And like I published a research paper. So two fortunate things happened at the same time. Yeah. First thing is a driveline baseball who baseball people will know that name. The founder, Kyle Bodie, like read my research and he was really interested. He's like, Hey man, do you want to consult for driveline for a little while? So while I was finishing my PhD, I started consulting for this baseball company. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So specifically, I was like writing articles for their blog, like, you know, the science of baseball sort of stuff, yeah. science of pitching. And uh, people were reading those apparently, which was cool. So that was kind of like, yeah, which was, which is what got my name like out there into the baseball world. Yeah. Um, and uh, had a couple of MLB teams actually reach out to me then after they, after reading those articles. Wow. Simultaneously, one of my really good friends from grad school, Megan Schroeder, she like just submitted her resume to this, the Sloan sports analytics conference, like resume book. Anyway, the point is Megan got hired by the Dodgers. Mm. So Megan was hired by the Dodgers. And in the course of her interview, she was like, Hey, you might also want to talk to my friend, Jimmy. And meanwhile, the Dodgers had also read the articles on driveline. So oh, oh, we read goodness. these articles, Meg, wow. you know, Megan, you mentioned his name. Yeah. So then the Dodgers like reached out to me too. Yeah. And but the so the, but then the two really interesting things about that interaction were number one they were like we don't necessarily have a job description 
So you're going to have to write a job description before you can interview for <laughs> before you can interview for that job description. And then two, they're like, we just hired Megan. <laughs> so number one, so number one, we don't have a job. And number two, do we need two of you? <laughs> yeah, because Megan did did similar stuff. Gotcha. But thankfully, I wrote this job description. I interviewed, and Megan was kind enough to say, "Yeah, Jimmy can come help too." <laughs> That's awesome, so, man. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then, I started with the Dodgers in 2015, and yeah. with Megan. So that was amazing to have my friend Megan there at the Dodgers with me. That's awesome, man. It's crazy. Like, talk about the moment when like the MLB really started becoming a thing. Cause I feel like for most people like, mm -hmm. like that are in sports or, or mm -hmm. that love sports, like getting a job with an MLB team or an NFL yeah. team or an NHL team or an NBA team, yeah. like it's, it's a dream job. So, and for you, you were like, you've gone through the educational process. You've been like, where am I going to yeah. go? These yeah. are the things that I'm interested in. And the stars literally aligned, like tell yeah. me about the moment when like you start, things really started clicking for you on like, holy crap, there is, I can actually get paid and do what I love doing with an organization like the freaking Dodgers, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. Number one. Yeah. I had always like dreamed of like working for a sports team. So number one, I was like, holy crap, this email from at ladodgers.com. I was like, holy crap, this is someone from the Dodgers is emailing me like, wow <laughs> this is this is amazing but then at the same time there was another mlb team that i was talking to and even driveline baseball and then there was there i could have continued to pursue like the research thing even though the nih grant didn't work out so it was actually a really weirdly like exciting but emotional and like difficult decision because yeah. i was really into trying to help as many people as i could and the MLB opportunity was actually not helping as many people as I could. It's like helping one very specific organization. Right. But at the same time, it's like a super cool, like once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. Oh yeah. Uh, you got to take it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and like, also like the Dodgers have like resources. Like I was like, home oh, goodness, like all of the different, all of the technology I could ever imagine, like the Dodgers would be able to get it. If I was like at a random biomechanics lab, I would be scraping by for a couple dollars to get a crappy motion capture. But it was a really hard decision. And so this is another really weird thing. Just there are a lot of weird things. Also at the time, Jeff Passan, at the time he was with Yahoo Sports, he was writing a book called like The Arm, I think it's called. Yeah, The Arm. And somehow like via driveline and all this stuff, like he got connected to me. So I was also like talking to Jeff Passan. He was like interviewing me for his book and because it, it, it was all about like the science of pitching. Yeah. And I was someone who's doing research on, on pitching. So he's like, you right. Know, I was. And uh, but meanwhile, like all of this saga with do I go for the Dodgers? Do I work for driveline. Do I do research? This is all playing out. So while Jeff Passan is asking me about the science of pitching, we're also just talking about this like driveline Dodger thing. And. I was like really naive at the time. And of course he was like, used that in the book, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know that. I was like, I was yeah. just talking to this guy. We were just having conversations. So I got hired by the Dodgers. And then I don't remember how much later, but a few months later, maybe a year later, this book comes out and the chapter that they decided to put online as like the teaser 
was the chapter that was about me. And because, so it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't actually about me. The, the sort of the, the thesis of the chapter was that major league baseball teams were like snatching up like all these researchers for, because they had the resources and it was like, right. it was taking away from like public baseball research that could help more people. I don't know. So right. anyways, it was a weird, I was like weirdly like conflicted and emotional about the whole thing because like, I was like, do I want to go to the Dodgers where everything's going to be a secret or do I want to help a lot of people doing a research project? And then a few months later, like that entire story was like online in this book chapter <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm now working for the Dodgers and they're like, huh, they're like, Jim, tell us what's going on in this, this book <laughs> chapter here. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> You're like, guys, I don't, can we just pretend that doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also you sign all these confidentiality things when you work for a major league baseball team. Oh, and yeah. so, so, so it came out after I started at the Dodgers. So it almost seemed like I was giving this interview while I was a Dodger employee, uh, which I did. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Did, I didn't. It all happened prior right. to, but I don't know. It just, it, it was, it, yeah. It's a weird situation. It sounds like very uncomfortable. Yeah, that, that whole situation, like <laughs> it was like both like exciting and like amazing because the Dodgers are a dream job, but then like just so many conflicting emotions for so many reasons. Like, is this all going to crash and burn because of something that I said for this book prior to me even getting the job with these guys? <laughs> mm -hmm. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. I'm trying to think. It's this is amazing. I love the progression of where <laughs> you came yeah. from. So, yeah. talk to us a little bit about the talk to us a little bit about the decision that you made to leave the Dodgers, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah, dream job, get a job mm -hmm. with the Dodgers, like yeah. working with some of the top tier MLB players. And mm -hmm. it just, it's an amazing organization. You did some really amazing things. Go yeah. pirates I'm a, because I'm Pittsburgh, the Dodgers, like you can't like, they're an amazing organization. But talk about like how you got to the point where you were like, you know what, I've got to, I've got to start my own thing. I've got to leave this, like this steady paycheck, like this organization that has resources to do the things that I've been doing and I'm going to go and I'm going to become a CEO of a startup. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to become an entrepreneur, like, like where walk us through that decision-making process. Whew, that was also a hard one. A lot of hard decisions along the way. A lot of hard decisions along this career journey. So yeah, so I ended up working for the Dodgers for four and a half-ish years, something like that. And it was like, it was one of the most fun things you can, it was so cool. Like, I remember like the first time, like I met Clayton Kershaw, I was like, holy crap. Or the first time when they drafted Walker Bueller. And like the first time they're like, all right, Jimmy, you go sit down with Walker and like talk to him about some pitching stuff. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So it was like really cool. And then it was like really awesome to feel like I was making an impact even on this somewhat small group of players. One of my favorite things was being involved in player development. Like after their draft, helped them get to the big leagues. There were a lot of programs that we did that I helped design. A lot, obviously a lot of analyses, a lot of things. Yeah. So it, it was super rewarding. Like you draft a pitcher, you work with him, and then the pitcher makes it to the big leagues. Oh my God. Like some of the coolest moments, like one of, one of the coolest moments of my life was there's a pitcher named Tony Gonsolin 
And there was a lot of things that we worked on with Tony and there's a lot of people involved, but Tony went from someone, a late round draft pick wasn't necessarily considered a prospect. Then over the course of his time at the Dodgers and working with my group and the pe- my, my peers and I'll coach it, whatever, there's a lot of people involved. But anyways, Tony made it to the big leagues and I still have this video saved on my phone. But when Tony made it to the big leagues on the Dodger broadcast, they were telling this story about Tony's development. And they mentioned be, me by name as wow. someone who helped, who helped Tony get to the big leagues. And I was like, man, that's so cool. Like Holy Tony made smokes, it to the big man. leagues and like the Dodge there, they mentioned me on the telecast. I don't know. So there's so many cool things. It had things to be like that. euphoric. Yeah. Like I could just yeah. imagine you're hearing that and you got to pause it and rewind it and be like, did I hear that right? Is that, are they talking about me? Yeah, I was like, how did I even know? <laughs> like the Dodgers, <laughs> the Dodgers are keeping me top secret. No one knows what I'm doing. Like, how do they know? Jimmy's 60 feet underground in yeah. a lab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And uh, wow. so, you know, that's cool, man. So it was like an incredibly awesome experience. So obviously an incredibly difficult decision to leave. But yeah. Yeah, there was a there's a lot of things that played into that. Like I spent four and a half years there. And it was a big part of building out their the pitching, physics, biomechanics, analytics from nothing into a key part of Dodger, what the Dodgers do. And was able to get that to, I thought, a really good spot. And it did always bug me that, like, I was only doing this for, you know, a very select group of people who were privileged yeah. enough to be in an MLB organization. Your heart was still in that world of you wanted to help everybody. So there was, it was a lot of that. And it was a lot of, like I said earlier on, is I like to do what I like to do. <laughs> I want to be the one calling the shots. And when you're in a big organization, obviously there are a lot of interests that you're trying to satisfy. And so it was those two things. Was like, and then feeling like we accomplished a lot, feeling I wanted to help a lot of people and feeling like I wanted to be the one to start making some decisions. And then simultaneously, like at the Dodgers, a big part of my job, was helping the Dodgers purchase technology to use that they can use to help players get better. Yeah. And so I was like seeing this motion capture technology get better and better so rapidly over the course of my five years there. Wow. So all of those things combined as, you know what, four and a half years at the Dodgers accomplished a ton, but there's other things I want to do in my life. And like now or never, but it did take a long time for me to get to that point because it it, it was just so cool <laughs> working for the Dodgers. It probably took me like a year of deliberating of like, is now the time, is now the time, is now the time. And then, yeah, then it was the time. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. And so you left the Dodgers. Are you still a Dodgers fan? Yeah, I don't know. It's honestly like I, I work, you know, well, I like Reboot Motion. We work with a bunch of Major League Baseball teams now. Yeah. And but if so, you're gonna, if you're rooting for a team, are you rooting for the Dodgers? I'll say I, I root. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go I, baseball. Go no, baseball. No, no, I won't be that. I won't be that like diplomatic. I'll say I root for like my friends at the Dodgers. I, I root that for the sense. people that I. I root for the people that I care about. Yeah. Which is so the Dodgers. You know, it, it, God, it's really annoying. But over the course of my time at the Dodgers, we lost two World Series in heartbreaking fashion. <laughs> And then as soon, the year that I leave, they win the World Series and I couldn't get a ring. Like I I was like, it's just all these emotions. I was like very happy for my friends who are still at the Dodgers. They all got rings and it was awesome for them. 
but also like sad for my current clients who didn't win the World Series. And yeah, yeah. And really, honestly, it's it's much more. It's I don't really have team team-based fandom anymore yeah. there's much it's much more like now because i know a lot of people there's like yeah, people yeah. that i there's people that i care about and people that i root for yeah that's interesting that's a that's an interesting conundrum in that space if you're working in that world and you've been in that world long enough like you really build relationships like it's no mm -hmm. longer like the, the level of fame and you see them on tv yeah. but you're seeing these people in real life like you're engaging yeah. with them on a like a, at the office type of a relationship right like a different dynamic yeah. 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 It's a, it, it was, a, it's a really interesting. Like when I was growing these major league baseball players, they're like these bigger than life figures. Yeah. But then like having the privilege of being able to like work with them every day and getting to know them. Now, like I see these, now they're just people. They're yeah. the people that I know and people with personalities and people with character. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's like a really, I'm glad. I'm very glad that and I definitely feel honored that because I know not a lot of people obviously get get the chance to do that sort of thing. Yeah. So I feel definitely honored and privileged that I got a chance to like, now I know that these are people that I know and not just these bigger yeah. than life figures on a screen. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. So with where you guys are with Reboot yeah. now, you talked a little bit about what you guys do. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit about where you're going, like where Reboot, 12 months from now, three <laughs> years from now, five years from now, are you guys just staying in baseball or are you branching outside of baseball? Give me, give us some deets, man. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> listen. Yeah. So or the, the crux of what we've built now is we have an analysis engine, you know, built in, in AWS. Yeah. And the idea is no matter your motion capture data source, be it a, could be a marker based system, could be a 10 camera marker less system, could an I, be an iPhone based system. We're building out the technology to take whatever motion capture data you have, we'll convert it into a standard format, we'll run it through our analysis engine and we'll like generate output reports that you can use to make players better. So right now we're doing that for a bunch of major league baseball teams, like that's our bread and butter. But Another core aspect of how we do it is we rely on fundamental physics as the basis for our, our analyses. There are a lot of other motion analysis companies, engines that rely on like data science and machine learning and artificial intelligence to get insights out of data. Yeah. And that's really powerful. But the problem with that is those insights are confined to, uh, data that you use to train them in order to have like a baseball analysis engine, you need a bunch of baseball data to train your model. And then if you want to move into like basketball, then you need to collect a bunch of basketball data to train your model on basketball. But the fact that we are building out like physics based algorithms means that the physics don't change based on huh. the sport that you're playing. So it allows us to very easily spin up a new sport because the physics don't change. Wow. It's still a projectile flying through the air. It's still your body generating energy and momentum. You're trying to transfer it to whatever body part you care about. This is not an exaggeration. Like we have, we started with a pitching and a hitting analysis that we're using in baseball for a bunch of MLB teams. It took me one morning to build out a quarterback analysis. It took me another morning to build out a jump shot analysis. Wow. It's, it's the same, it's the same kind of physics. Yeah. So baseballs are, yeah. No, no, go ahead. So baseballs are bread and butter. Yeah, baseball is the bread and butter, but we're already like 
piloting with some NFL quarterbacks, piloting in the NBA. Physics is physics, Sam. So because in layman's terms, because I'm not a biomechanical engineer mm -hmm. and I don't understand what that means. What what are the outputs? Like player is player is performing X mm -hmm. after utilizing the tool and getting the reports, player can be at Y, right? What is that? Yeah. Walk me through what that means. Give me. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. The specific thing that we analyze is the flow of momentum from the ground through your body to whatever body part you care about. So for people who aren't super well-versed in physics. Which is most of us. Momentum is this physics quantity that describes the motion of an object. And the way you calculate it is mass times velocity. So like how big your torso is multiplied by how fast it's moving is the amount of momentum that it has. And there's a physics concept of the conservation of momentum, which is like momentum that enters into a system is conserved and flows through your body. So it's literally like velocity you push on the ground, right? You push on the ground and the earth is huge. So the earth pushes back on you. And those are like ground reaction forces. And those forces add momentum to your body. Like we know F equals MA, force equals mass times acceleration. So you apply a force to an object that causes it to accelerate. So now we're pushing on the ground, our body's accelerating and now it has momentum. And now it's our job as athletes, or not our job anymore, it's their job as athletes <laughs> to transfer that momentum through their body to the body part that they care about. Yeah. And there are a lot of like physics-based principles that govern like how you can do that more or less efficiently. So the actual thing that we do is we, we analyze how that flow, that momentum flows through your body. And we, we help figure out where it breaks down and why it breaks down. And then how you could potentially make it better, make the transfer better. A really maybe tangible example is just in physics, like you want to rotate things, you want, you want to transfer momentum in the same plane of motion. Yeah. If, you, if you're in different planes of motion, like those, those vectors, they don't, they don't line up. And if they don't line right. up, you don't get full transfer. Yeah. So this is a very common thing that we see in baseball, but pitchers will lift that lead arm, they'll rotate that lead arm. But the idea is you're trying to generate momentum so that it adds to your pitching arm. So there are a lot of pitchers. You're giving out some like, trade secrets here on this. It's not, there's no secrets. <laughs> I'm like, it's all physics. I'm like, not right. like, I'm not like patenting physics over here. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Uh, so it's a lot of pitchers you'll see, they'll rotate their lead arm in a very horizontal plane and their pitching arm will be in a very vertical plane. But just in the extreme case, like you pull in this direction, you throw in this direction, those things don't line yeah. up. They don't add up very well. Yeah. But if instead you pull in one direction and you pitch in the same direction, now those things add up in a much more efficient way. Wow. No, that, that was awesome because I understood that when you were going into the equations and stuff, I definitely <laughs> understand that. Good. But I appreciate that, man. Thank you for breaking that down. And it's yeah, and it really is fascinating because you, you it's it's the combination of the science and mm -hmm. you're using the science in the motion capture and you're giving this information in some sort of tangible, legible reports for people to change the way that they're doing something whether it's throwing a football or pitching a baseball or mm -hmm. and i'm assuming like with basketball is it mainly shooting 
or what is the yeah we just got into that so we're still figuring uh, out but I, I don't know this is a lot of inside inside baseball if you will <laughs> but no but so it's so i view i i ultimately love like research and solving like problems and answering questions yeah what and i try to frame everything in a general physics way so if we all right so if we like break it down like what is the problem what is how is a throwing a baseball how is a pitcher throwing a baseball similar to a basketball player shooting a shooting a basketball right both are launching a ball at a target in baseball you have the added thing where you're trying to do it as fast as you can basketball is actually the opposite you want to do it as slow as you can because the slower you you launch it to the basket the less bounce it has at the rim and the better chance you have of it dropping in but it's yeah. essentially the same kind of problem. It's just instead of doing it as fast as you can, you're doing it as slow as you can. <laughs> but but the, the, the trick in basketball is you want the release to be quick. But then you want the ball to come out soft. Yeah. So it, it's just a really, it's the same kind of like projectile physics problem. Like you're launching a ball, which is a projectile at a target. Yeah. But it's just a different set of like things that you're optimizing for. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I've got tons of respect for you, you guys <laughs> that are in that science world. Yeah. Tons yeah. and tons of respect, man. Like, super cool. So let's, and we're going to wrap up here shortly. Mm -hmm. We're at 50 minutes. But if you were to give yourself where you are now, mm -hmm. if you were to give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, any piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? What would you tell your 20 year old self? He wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the question uh, though. Uh, yeah, probably don't stress as much. Like I definitely tend to, yeah, I get, I definitely like st stress sometimes over things that I can't control. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's what I would, that's, def that's definitely what I would tell him. I was like, I'd be like, just relax, man. You can't control it. <laughs> you play do a little bit you... of Bob Marley in the background while you're yeah. doing this. Like, don't do worry, be can, happy. Yeah. Do what you can to impact the outcome. But yeah. if you can't control it, try not to worry about it as much. But yeah. I know that like my 20-year-old self, even my current self, has a hard time listening to that advice. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, Jimmy, you're stupid. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> yeah. But like I like one of the things though that I think helped me and it's not necessarily advice i'd give my 20 year old self because it's stuff it's what i did it's something that i think that's important is like not being afraid and maybe continuing to like reassure myself don't be afraid to like take a big leap if it's something that you're passionate about like this happened three four separate occasions i don't know if other people would have done that switching from mechanical engineering to like doing a biomechanics phd Switching big from switch. yeah, yeah s switching from like prosthetic limbs, which is a very solid industry, which would have had a bunch of jobs, to like baseball biomechanics, which at the time didn't have a lot of jobs. Now it does have a lot of jobs. Then deciding to go to the Dodgers instead of working for Driveline or trying to do research somewhere, and yeah. then quitting the Dodgers to start Reboot Motion is yeah, do it, man. Yeah. Go for your passions. It's gonna make. It's ultimately what's going to make you the happiest. So, you know, go for it. You only get one life. So go for your passions. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think a lot of folks that would listen to this, they can really take that advice to heart. That's cool, man. Yeah. And so, well, but it, well no, I, go I was going to say, no, and I was going to say, though, but it's not like, 
blindly follow your passions. It's like, <laughs> it's like dive in, man. Just close your eyes yeah. and just go for you know, it. It's like, have a, have a plan. I didn't just like, at the, at, a, at the drop of a hat, like on a whim, switch from like mechanical engineering to a biomechanics PhD. I made sure my entire senior year, I was doing biomechanics research to prepare me for a biomechanics PhD. So it's, I think some people like when like they give the advice or they hear the advice, that's follow your passion. It's yeah, just drop everything and follow your passion. It's like, now nah, you should probably have a, a little bit of a plan. <laughs> that's awesome, man. And it makes sense. It really does. And I always like to do this. I like to end with this yeah. question. And it is, it is, what can our listeners help you with? What types of introductions? What are you looking Great for? Question. If anybody's that. out yeah. there, how can they help get you and Reboot Motion to that next level? Yeah, we are. I don't know if I fully answered your question about where Reboot Motion is going in the next few years. <laughs> this is a perfect time for it. Go yeah. for it. But yeah, we want to, because we went down this path, because we talked about how other sports are relatively straightforward for us. Yeah. We are trying to actually, in elite sports, go into football, basketball, maybe something like cricket. I don't know. Because we're trying to see, we would love to be the go-to place for like elite sports. Not, I don't want to say elite. I hate that word. But just like people who care about a really in-depth advanced experience. Like at yeah. this point, like we are not personally like building an app that like a 12 year old is going to use on their own someone who wants to like a really advanced experience which is generally like pro sports teams but that's what we're trying to build for so i guess yeah introductions into like academies pro sports that want to get into this motion analysis biomechanics space that don't know where to start that's where that's our specialty is yeah. is helping people get off the ground like we we tell our potential customers of, Hey, you want to get into biomechanics. You could try to hire a biomechan biomechanist off the street, probably take that person. Like it took me several years to figure it out, get it off the ground. Or now you could just hire a reboot motion and be up and running in a week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Intros there. We always love, we're not doing the motion capture technology ourselves. Part of the whole reason that we got introduced and how this whole relationship came about was via breadware because we had i had talked to breadware a long time ago about the possibility of like motion like imu motion capture sensors and yeah and that developed a relationship with breadware which led to me going to the conference which led to me to meeting you that was a long time ago man it wasn't 2013 yeah. but it was a long time ago <laughs> yeah. so also like awesome motion capture tech we love learning about awesome motion capture tech so yeah probably those two things it was like elite or not elite advanced people who wanted advanced biomechanics experience and then yeah. motion capture technology is what we're we're looking for. Okay, awesome. You heard it. If anybody's out there that can do either one of those things, reach out to me, reach out to Jimmy. We'll get you guys connected. Jimmy, this has been absolutely incredible. I yeah, I want to know how I match up to some of the ESPN interviews that you've done because I think <laughs> no. I probably I don't, I don't know, man. I'm probably up there. Definitely have not done an ESPN interview yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> Jimmy, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Uh, are you done with your beer? Is it gone? Or are you still, it you're still sipping on it? It's done. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, listen, we've got some amazing breweries out here in Pittsburgh, too. So when you guys come out, we'll have to yeah, visit, uh, visiting we'll in stop a few at a weeks. couple. Of, yeah. 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 We'll make it thank happen. Thank you so man. much, Alex. Yeah, this has been so much fun, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Reboot Insiders podcast. 
Be on the lookout for future episodes. And as always, feel free to reach out at insiders at rebootmotion.com or on Twitter at Reboot Motion. 